So this is, oh, what a great podcast. Because it's been since the middle of October that I have come on this podcast and had any sort of excitement. Yes, I have been told, I don't know, 25 times. But Christian, it's just the Lions. It's just the Lions. Don't care. You play the teams that are on your schedule. We got to win. It was on Thanksgiving. Everybody was saying, including you, Josh, who after we got off the podcast and we, he puts $10 on the table and he goes, hey, I bet you 10 bucks. Lions beat the Bears. I said, deal. And guess what? I'm $10 richer. Now, granted, I'm not going to get that $10 because this podcast is one of the more different ones that we've ever Correct. Had. Correct. So actually, you we I mean, we are like 20 miles apart right now, which hey, you know, one of the good things that's come out of COVID is everyone knows how to zoom now. Right, exactly. So uh I do owe you 10 bucks. Um I do you know I would be embarrassed if I was excited with the win over the lines. I mean, I okay. like I'm not trying to be mean to you. But I would be embarrassed about a win over the Lions. But here's the question. What would I be more embarrassed of? The Bears beating the Lions or the Bears losing to the Lions? Okay. Like, I'm not saying, like, to be more embarrassed. I'm just saying, like, if my season has come down to we beat the winless Detroit Lions, and, like, that's that might be the highlight of the rest of your year. Just win, baby, win. We won. Goodness. We're a game out of the playoffs. Granted, we have to play Kyler Murray this week, but hey, you know what? Okay, all right. And let, let's just, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's jump into the mess that is the NFC. And I hear you saying that we're one game out of the playoffs. Okay, you might be one game out of the playoffs, but you have to jump like five teams and then you have to throw in conference records and this, that, and the other. You're going to lose two to the Vikings. I mean, like, I, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, okay, so the NFC, let, let's let's go now from the top, make it drop. This oh, is a okay. wild card NFC. Okay. All right. Anyways, <laughs> like you, you, <laughs> anyways, uh, for the people who got that, they are probably no longer tuned in. Um, so <laughs> w- one of the things that came out of this last week is I think a little clarity in the top three of the NFC, because you have Dallas who laid just an absolute egg on Thanksgiving against, uh, wow, did it again. Did. I keep calling him the Oakland Raiders against Vegas. They, I mean, they looked horrible. Yep. Um, and, and I think it's pretty safe to say that your top three in the NFC right now are the Cardinals, the Packers and the Bucks. And I really think you can kind of take those, jumble them up pick them out of a hat and you would be pretty satisfied with your pick to go to the Super Bowl out of those three. You you look at this, you look at, okay, their record against playoff teams, Cardinals and Packers reached three and one with the Cardinals only loss coming to the Packers and the Bucks come in at two and two uh, remaining games left against playoff current playoff teams. Obviously this could all change with teams winning teams, losing uh, the Cardinals have two against playoff teams. The Packers have one, uh, which is actually, I want to, yes, yeah, the next time the Packers play uh, against the, no, two times from now, the Packers play against the, the Ravens. And then the Bucks have won. Offensively, I mean, the Bucks statistically are the third best offense in the NFL. I don't buy that personally. Uh, see, now I'm telling you right now, 
Leonard Fournette is starting to turn into the old Leonard Fournette that everybody thought he was. Correct. And if he you add him to Tom Brady, that's a problem. Yeah, and I think you have what he did. He and I think it's hilarious when people were tweeting during that Colts uh, Bucks game, and everyone's like, Leonard Fournette is having a Jonathan Taylor type of game, which he did. I mean, four touchdowns. I uh, ran all over that Colts defense. You really look at all of the weapons are finally starting to click. You know, Godwin, and I'm telling you right now, the wild card, the best thing that the that the Bucks have is Rob Gronkowski. He is a red zone nightmare for defenses. You can't match up against him. Tom has such a good rapport with him. He throws the football right on the money every single time to Gronk. No ball is uncatchable for Gronk. He doesn't care if you just absolutely spear tackle him. He's going to put his leg back into socket and get back out there. The guy is just, when he's on the field, the Bucks are a better team. And so right now, to me, I feel like it's it, it's the Bucks and then everybody else. I really, truly believe that. I think yeah. the Bucks are that team again. I just see them with Tom Brady going into the playoffs and just being a force to be reckoned with. And I tend to agree with you. And, and I think any other year, I would agree with you. However, with all of this parity that has happened in the NFL this year, I mean, I don't think you can sit there and be like, oh, well, this, you know, these guys are definitely, you know, because you look, so the Bucks are still the team that two weeks ago lost to the football team by 10, who the week before that lost to the Saints by nine. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, they're two and two in their last four. Yeah. Now, you look out – here's the thing. They get a chance to get healthy, and they get a chance to rest as much as they want the rest of the way out because you got the Falcons, the Bills, the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Panthers. Being real, there's one game in there that should be a challenge to them. The rest of the way, they should coast. So guess what, rest of the NFC? If you're not sitting there at 14-3 and three or maybe 13-4, and four, guess what? You're headed to Tampa for the NFC Championship. It's that simple. Um, and I'm telling you right now, it's not anything the NFC wants to occur. No, and that's, you know, it, it's all fine and good. But I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I do still think that you take the Packers, the Cards, and the Bucks, and one of those three teams is going to represent the NFC. Yeah, because really, if you look at the rest of the NFC, it is truly – a jumble mess of uncertainty. Correct. The the Cowboys, the Rams, possibly the hottest team of these next three that I named, the 49ers. Yeah. You can throw Washington in there at this point because the rest are the Vikings, the Falcons, the Saints, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Bears. And that, I mean, you look at that, you would not pick a single one of those teams to win a playoff game unless they were playing each other. I and that that's the cold hard fact. And the other cold hard fact is because of the new way that this is seated, none of those teams will be playing each other. Right. And yeah. so I mean, you look at I guess, you know, right now the Cowboys and the Rams might be playing each other. Yeah, well, and I'm fine. Right. If if the Rams don't start to get it clicking, 
just after selling out the way they did and going and getting Von Miller and going and getting Odell Beckham Jr. And you are, man, what a just, what, I have not seen Sean McVay so frustrated as a head coach before since he's been in the NFL. I felt like he just kind of was like the puppeteer and everything he did just went together. And last week in Lambeau, it was a jumbled nightmare on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and we'll we'll talk more about the Packers side of that when we get to a rivalry roundtable. However, with it with the Rams, my thing is is that this is proving that money and talent don't always equal wins because you can assemble all the talent you want to. However, if your talent doesn't mesh, it doesn't matter. Because you look, and they did. They went out, and their payroll is unbelievable right now. But they're not winning games. And you're like, oh, well, this is going to be the week because now they've been together for 10 days. Really, honestly, and truly, that offense, minus the one big – you take away that big play, the Packers hold them under 20 points. And so, I again, I'm with you. I mean – You have the top three, and then there's everyone else. Where you counteract that is the AFC. There are 11 teams that are within two and a half games. That's from the very top all the way down to six and six. 11 teams within two and a half games. And you think about it, you could go to the, the 13 seed Sorry, the the 12 seed in the AFC, 12 teams are good enough to make the playoffs in the NFC. It's bad. That's, now, that's bad for the NFC. Now, so here's here's my question though. Is this a definition or is this the definition of quantity versus quality? Is the question that I have because that's fine. I mean, the Ravens the Ravens didn't look great. They haven't looked great for a couple of weeks now. Lamar turning the ball over is a recipe for a nightmare in Baltimore. If he turns the ball over, you are not going to win football games. I'm just telling you right now, and right now, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is playing his best football, and if he doesn't start to descend into the Lamar Jackson that was the MVP Lamar Jackson – this Ravens team is not going to go far come January. Because if you were to ask me right now to pick who the best team in the AFC are, I'm taking the New England Patriots and I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's that simple to me right now. Yeah, and I think the wild card that I go with that also is the Cincinnati Bengals. The way that they rolled the Steelers last week was a huge – exclamation point of kind of like here we are we mean business joe burrow joe mixon jamar smith or jamar smith jamar chase uh, i mean they're just they're good their defense is is good i think that they could be a force to be reckoned with but i think right now the best team in the afc is the new england patriots and i know people are going to disagree with me i know people are going to go against me but right now the New England Patriots are the best team in the AFC. Well, and the thing that you look at with that is you can't point out a single weakness because let's run the last three weeks. The Browns held the seven points. 
shut out the Falcons, limited the Titans to 13. You can I mean, even go back a week to the Panthers, only gave up six. Only gave up six. The Chargers, the Chargers have a good offense, held them to 24, 13 to the Jets. So since that week six, just absolute debacle to the Cowboys, you're looking at a team who's playing incredible football on every single side of the ball. And the fact of the matter is, people, is that they're doing it on the road and they're doing it at home. Yep, and I think this week is going to be the we're going to find out who's going to win this division this week. Correct. New England, Buffalo, Monday night. This might be ESPN's greatest gift they've ever been given. Oh, 100%. The Monday night games on ESPN this year have been horrific. Minus, I think the Bears-Steelers game might have been one of the best Monday night games. It was the closest. And let's be real. Like, it wasn't even a well-played game. No, but it was was just entertaining. Correct. And, and, you know, people are going to say, well, what about last week's game? You know, it was close, the Seattle and Washington game. It was an awful played football game for three and a half quarters. It was atrocious. Why are we going to be talking like that is a great football game? ESPN should be, you know, last week was Thanksgiving. You know, ESPN should be thankful that New England and Bill Belichick have figured it out because they finally are. This might be the highest audience for any Monday night football game this year. Well, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching. I mean, zero question is that I'm watching this football game. And like you look at this. I mean, because so if the Patriots go to nine and four, that moves the bills down to seven and five at seven and five, the bills then drastically fall into might not make the playoffs territory, which is wild to think about. Yeah, because we all sat here at the beginning of the season and we were picking the Super Bowl. And we were playing with the idea of Buffalo. We were playing with the idea of Kansas City. Not once in our out of our mouths would we have thought that the New England Patriots would have been talked about as a possible Super Bowl contender this year in the AFC. Not a chance. Because we kept going back to, okay, well, Mac Jones is going to be a problem. Mac Mac Jones is a problem. The Patriots are problems. And and so actually – uh, my assistant principal at school, um, he, the principal and I, we have a group chat on Sundays going back and forth. So I've, I've probably watched more Patriots football this year uh, than I have in a long time. I can't get over this defense. Like we knew Mac Jones was going to be good eventually. We knew that. This defense is one of those you're like, really? Like, this is who you're going to be. because. And here's the thing that people need to just accept and accept quickly. If this is going to be the Patriots' defense moving forward, the AFC's in trouble for a long time because they don't have any do- – like, this is the 2001 Patriots right now. I, I, that's just what it is. I mean, we've had two years where they weren't real threats, and now Belichick and Robert Kraft are like, hey, guess what? We're here. Right. So, yeah. I, but again, I mean, the AFC, I don't know. I mean, I think really you could take your pick. I'm going to throw the Ravens there just because I want to give the Ravens an X factor that I don't think enough people talk about, and that's Justin Tucker. I mean, I know like when he goes up to kick, everyone's like, 
oh, he's so good. But knowing that if you're inside the 40-yard line, it's automatic points. Right. That shortens the field so much for your offense. And, I mean, mean, you look at it, okay, speaking from a Packers standpoint, if we had an automatic kicker, we're 10-2. and Right. And, I mean, that's just – it's such an X factor that, hey, if you're in a close game – it can be a one, two, three point game. And hey, guess what, Lamar? I need you to get us 40 yards. Yep. Get us 40 yards. We're either going to tie the game or win the game. Yep. I mean, I, you can't ask for more than that. So I think you would take the Ravens, the Patriots, the Chiefs. You take a pick out of those three, and that's who's going to come out of the AFC. Yeah. And I, you know, my team that I, said to be careful of is is the chargers i think that there's there's still a very good chance they make the playoffs i think there's a very good chance they make some noise in the playoffs do i think they're a super bowl contender no but i think that they're going to make the playoffs i think they have a good enough offense to do so um but yeah this week new i think is the afc game of the weeks being played on monday night i think the nfl game of the week oh well, yeah i'm saying night. it could be the best game in the like oh the whole year in the AFC I mean I don't think there's any doubt I mean there isn't one that's hit like this especially with this much playoff importance I mean we're sitting here I mean it's going to be what December 4th or December 5th on Sunday and we're talking about a game that has massive massive playoff implications which is it's absolutely fantastic that yeah. we're first weekend of December and we're already being like, hey, this is a huge game for playoff implications, which just it makes it fun that on Monday, December 6th at 7:20 at night, we're gonna flip on ESPN, maybe ESPN two, because let's be real, the Manning cast is better than the than the broadcast they have. I do love the Manning cast. That's all that is awesome. And I mean, and you're gonna watch a playoff game. Yeah. In a fantastic environment up in Orchard Park, New York. Yep. And you're going to see Josh Allen. You're going to see Mac Jones. And it's just, hey, let's go, boys. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. I, I do want to make sure, I mean, because, again, it, we can sit here and we can rehash every single game. But at the end of the day, I think we're starting to get a little bit clearer picture that, hey, it's winning time. Hot seat, name of the podcast this week. Always got to throw that in there. Um and I'm starting to see a little bit of clarity in the NFC. And I think at the end of this week, we're going to have a little bit more clarity in the AFC as well. Because right now, uh, there's not a whole lot of clarity no, at all. Uh, you and I both said we want to spend quite a bit of time on our rivalry roundtable this week. Uh, because we're, we're both winners. Hey. We are both winners. Um, let, let's talk about your Bears first. Because I... Again, I made fun of you a little bit, and I don't, I don't want to take away from you know your joyous feeling that that you had. Did you have any worry at all that that field goal was going to be missed? I actually looked to a lot of the family members at Thanksgiving. I said it would be so bears to botch this like snap, like fumble the snap, or even when Nagy waited for like one second to call a timeout, just like. All right, let's replay this. Maybe he didn't call timeout in time. They're going to run the clock to zero. Like everyone at Thanksgiving, all that went through my head was he's going to doink this. It's going to get blocked. It's 
never once was I like, oh, this is an easy field goal. We're going to win the football game. Like, as a Bear fan, it's never that easy. And it's never going to be that easy because all you're going to go back to is the double doink. All you're going to go back to is what could have been when Jay Cutler's riding a bike. It's just constant bad memories and big moments. And it's just like, I understand oh, it's against the Lions, but I mean, Nagy is coaching for his job. He's not going to save his job. I don't care how many football games he wins. I don't care if he sneaks into the seventh seed. He is not saving his head coaching job. Um, but to win on Thanksgiving was fun. To be able to enjoy that day with family after the Bears won was fun. Um, okay, can I ask you an honest question? So yeah. th- this was from a Packer fan viewing the post-game interactions that Nagy had. It seemed to me, so Justin Fields has won Matt Nagy, I think a game, maybe two. I did not see Matt Nagy embrace Justin Fields the way that Matt Nagy was embracing Andy Dalton. Is there any part of you that sits here and questions whether or not Nagy, Nagy's like, ha, see, we won with Andy Dalton. We yep. won with my guy. We yep. lose with your guy. See, I told you all. Because I think the man doesn't have the intelligence inside of his head to figure out that, hey, you could literally probably start Christian Lemke as quarterback of the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions, and you're going to win that football game. But I honestly think that some part of him is like, ha, see, with Andy Dalton, who I want to be the quarterback, we win. And when we play Justin Fields, we lose. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I I think Justin Fields throws for 250 yard plus in that game. The Lions secondary is atrocious. They're awful. I it doesn't matter. But I think the embrace was more of just happy for Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton is, you know, I love again. I love shouting out Big Cat Barstool Big Cat, and he's just like. His always his tweet is like, you know, Andy's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. You got to root for the nice guy. And I'm I'm happy for Andy Dalton. I, I think he's going to get another chance on another football team after this year. I, I think he can still be a successful backup quarterback, even um, like he won you a football game this week. I can't hate in, on Andy Dalton. Um, I just I think he's a good guy. I like Andy Dalton. Uh, do I think he's going to stick around and be the Bears' backup quarterback? Not a chance. Um, but I'm happy we won the football game. Um, our defense really played well, but again, you're playing against the Lions, and our defense is just so banged up. We our secondary, we're on like fourth string secondary guys. You know, um, we don't have Khalil Mack. We don't. We lost Khalil Mack for the season now. You lost Akeem Hicks for a couple of weeks. It, it just that defense is beat up. And now um, Roquan was in street clothes after uh, last week's game. You lose Roquan. That's that's your anchor that holds down that defense. You know, he's 10 plus tackles a week. You lose him. We're in trouble. Um, I have not looked at the injury report for this week yet. But I would almost – I'd be very – I know Justin Fields was limited. Here, I got it right here. So I know Fields is limited. Um, man, there's a lot of DNPs. Yeah. Roquan did not participate. 
Um, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, Akeem Hicks. I mean, it just does not look Marquise Goodwin. It's just not looking good for the Bears defense. And even nothing's on offense. Here's what I want to throw out. How in the world do you throw for 317 yards and your team only score one touchdown? I mean, that's like, I go back to the Bears scored one touchdown. Yeah, I know. I, and I, I just sit here and I'm like, how can anyone even begin to try to justify Matt Nagy as an NFL head coach? Well, and I'm just saying right now, the play calling is atrocious. Like the plays that are run in the red zone are just, we are, this is, you know, I always put a little bit of money on Jimmy Graham first touchdown score every week because I feel like the Bears offense is like, hey, when in doubt, line Jimmy Graham up and throw back shoulder pass to him. And finally, on Thanksgiving, he was the first Bears touchdown score, won me a little bit of money back. But uh, honestly, I just that's our that's our red zone offense, though, Jimmy Graham. Well, and the problem on Thursday was you guys barely got to the red zone. I mean, even the Santos' field goals, I mean, 28-yarder, okay, but then 43 and 28. So, I mean, it's not like you're sitting there, you know, knocking on the door all the time. I The offense, and again, you know, maybe with Justin Fields, it's a little bit more. Problem is, man, that offensive line, I mean, only 46 yards rushing for David Montgomery on 17 carries. I mean, when you're averaging less than three yards a carry. Yeah, and I, I've, I'm i telling you right now, with Justin Fields in the football game, it adds another dimension to that run game. You're not worried about RPOs with Andy Dalton. I, you're just no. not. But with Justin Fields in the game, you have to honor his legs. You have to honor the fact that he's going to run the football. Last week, the Lions only had to worry about Montgomery getting a handoff. The only time that they had to worry is if Dalton ran a play action. That was the only time. Otherwise, if Andy Dalton was making the action that he was giving the football to Montgomery, they could sell on the run every single time. And I think nowadays, you know, you look at the Ravens, you, you know, you look at what the, um, even there were times where, the Rams would run those RPOs when Jared Goff and it's even, you know, Stafford, like if you don't have that option nowadays in your offense, it's almost very difficult to run the ball. If you don't have a stout offensive line um, and the bears don't, they don't have a stout offensive line. They struggle that way, you know, running the football and Montgomery is such a good running back, but he can only get so many yaks when there's already four guys. On you love that yak, don't you? I do. I do love the yak. That's one of my favorite stats in all football is the yak. So, so well, hey, but, I mean, end of the day, bear down. We live to to have another week of meaningful football. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't care what anyone says. It's another, you know, I on Sunday, hey, you never know. You're playing home against Arizona. You just, you never know. You got to play the football games. You and I should go to that game on Sunday. No, no chance. I'm you and I, to. you and I should go to that game on Sunday. I am done going to Bears games. For the, <laughs> uh, the rest of the only other sporting event I'm excited to go to is Purdue basketball. So, 
Maybe Bulls basketball. Yeah, maybe maybe, some Bulls maybe, maybe some Bulls basketball. Yeah, um, okay, what was your takeaway for the Packer game on Sunday? Because so, I honestly think we're going to have two pretty different takeaways. Uh, my my takeaway is that it doesn't matter that Aaron Rodgers' toe is injured. It does not matter. That, that's very – that pump fake he threw on Jalen Ramsey in the first quarter. Yeah, so here's – See you, buddy. You know, remember when they were – everybody was giving a bunch of hoo-ha to the Bears about jumping for that pump fake, the Aaron Rodgers pump fake that then he ensued, told everybody that he owned them. Um, if Jalen Ramsey falls for the pump fake – it must be pretty good, and it must be pretty, like, okay, he's good at the pump fake, okay? But here's my takeaway. The Packers need to trade Aaron Jones, period. He has to go. A.J. Dillon is your future running back. He, I would agree. He, in December, in Lambeau, I would like you to line up people that would wish to tackle A.J. Dillon between the tackles. <laughs> in December in Lambeau Field? And the answer to that question would maybe be Aaron Donald. And then after that, nobody. Nobody. That guy, short yardage distance, is going to get you a first down nine times out of ten. He is a physical running back. Turn Aaron Jones into a slot wide receiver. I I Honestly, I'm telling you, Josh, I think the Packers in the offseason would gain a lot more moving Aaron Jones. But for this year, I think that's a good idea to... I don't think you're wrong. The only place where I would get worried is, okay, is he a glue guy in the locker room? Well, yeah, and that could be an issue too, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to lose a lot of those guys, glue guys in the locker room after this year anyway. So, you know... They're bringing them all back. No, they're not. I'm telling you, Devontae's going to Chicago. Everybody's saying that. I don't know where this is coming from, but everybody, there's a bunch of these like random articles I'm seeing on Twitter and Facebook that, you know, that Devontae has made comments about going to Chicago. And I'm like, okay, we'll take Devontae Adams any day. He's not going to Chicago because the Packers are re signing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's not happening. But anyway, you keep saying that. And just every single thing is showing Aaron Rodgers coming back. Mm hmm. Just to let you know. Just to let you know. Anyway, I'm saying what I learned from this game is that the Rams are not that good. They're not that good. You're not that guy, pal. They're not that good. I don't think that the Rams are going to be good in the postseason unless their offense starts clicking and that Matt Stafford turns into good Matt Stafford. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the Rams are going to struggle. I think Green Bay is practically unbeatable at home. I don't think anyone's beating him in Lambeau. And this is, again, where we go back to the home field advantage thing. I don't think anyone's beating him in Lambeau, period. I Honestly, Josh, I will tell you, I don't even think Tom Brady beats him in Lambeau this year with 80,000. Tom Brady beats him in Lambeau. No, I'm telling you, if it happens, I don't want to hear absolutely any grief from you. If the Packers make the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game and it's in Lambeau field, you have to tell me thank you. Listen, if if no 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 on December first at nine fifty at night, okay, because we're recording this super late. You told me that that if it's played in Lambo, the Packers are going to beat the Bucks. Yes. Now I am telling you that if that happens, I will be the first one to hop on here and say that I'm wrong. 
But here's where my worry comes in with the Green Bay Packers. And this where, listen, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, we beat the Rams. Uh, well, okay, you beat the Rams. They're a playoff team. They're one of the favorites in the NFC. You feel good about it. Oh, however, absolutely. however, I have big cause of concern. Two bigger causes for concern. Number one, the big place. The big plays are what will cost the Green Bay Packers if we don't get a hold of the big plays. Because 14 out of the 28 points for the Rams came on two plays, a 79-yarder and a 54-yarder. You cannot let that happen. You cannot get beat like that. Anyways, the other aspect that concerns me are the points that the Packers left on the field. They left 14 points on the field. You want to know something that happened during that game? Like right there at the end of the game, the Packers got stalled and the Packers offense stalled. And I said, you know what would really make this just like an interesting thing to happen? It's just I want Mason Crosby just to miss one kick. So there's a little bit of grumblings in the Packer community about getting rid of Mason Crosby again. And then he missed the kick. I'm telling you right now, Josh, and – I think that last week, I think it was Brett that really brought up the point about um, – He maybe, could cost us a playoff. He could cost us in the playoffs. It was either Charlie or Brett that said that Robbie Gold and Mason Crosby have a lot in common. And it was on Robbie Gold downwind of his career that all of a sudden he got hot again. I feel like Mason Crosby's having a down year, and I think that – and again, I think he's going to cost them a big game in the playoffs. I think, which is why you can't have drives that stall. Now, however, what this might do would be the exact reverse of what happened in the playoff game last year, where instead of kicking the field goal because Crosby was so automatic last year, Lafleur's like, uh, "No, I have Aaron Rodgers. I no. trust Aaron Rodgers to get seven or eight yards more than I trust." Mason Crosby to make a kick. Yeah, now, I, I will say that the other end of kicking, so our punting with Bojo, that dude just hits bombs. Like, that's all he does. Like, he flips fields better than just about anyone out there. But for me, like, yes, you take away from this game an overwhelming sense of feeling like, hey, that's a pretty good win. But being realistic, you also have to look like, hey, it's December now. You have to be clicking. Now, granted, you know, we're still missing Jair Alexander. So do those big plays happen if Jair's in? I don't know. You, they very well might not. Uh, second thing is that Kevin King should never play a down of football as a corner for the Green Bay Packers ever again because Rasul Douglas is that guy. Yeah, He's I, I, just that guy. Now, you want to put Kevin King as a nickel. You want to put Kevin King as a safety. Fine. Maybe. But Rasul Douglas is that guy. Um, but you got to start capitalizing when you're in the red zone. They can't be field goals. Yeah. They have to be touchdowns. And for right now, I, just, I don't know. Like, I got that sense of, well – Maybe we'll score. Maybe we won't. But I mean, overall, the Packers are nine and three. You know, we touched on earlier, probably one of the top three favorites to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Yep. 
So I, I can't, I don't, I feel bad sitting here and being like, ha, huh, nine and three. And you know, you beat, I feel bad saying that I really do because I know like bears fans are like, we just beat the lions. Let's have a party. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, we beat the Rams and I don't feel as over the moon about it as I should. But I come playoff time, your field goal drives have to be touchdown drives. Yep. And right now, I don't trust our kicker to make a kick. And much like Shakira, our picks don't lie. Christian, quick recap uh, before we get to our guest picker. Uh, he, a struggle bus last week. Uh, no one better than you. Uh, you came in at eight and seven last week. You know, uh, we like it to be over 500. Uh, that's what we're, we shoot for it. And uh, that's what we did. So, so uh, you, you and Brett came in at eight and seven. I was seven and eight. Charles, man, the, the voice of the boilers on BTN plus has some explaining to do six and nine for the week. Charles, Ooh. we got to work on that, buddy. Uh Anyways, moving on to our picks for week 13. Uh, we do have a special guest picker with us this week. Uh, and Christian, I will leave that intro to you. Yeah, so our guest picker this week uh, was one of the best men in my wedding. This guy and I have been ride or die for many years. He's uh, We like to sit at the poker table and pass some money back and forth. Uh, but at the end of the day, when we go to a football game, normally we're cheering for two different sides, which is all right, though. It's been a lot of fun. I've never seen the Bears win when I go with this man, which kind of stinks. And can we please say uh, which fan base Joe is a part of? Yeah, he is a part of the Cheesehead clan. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful aspect. Uh, Thank you, Joe, for joining us. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys this evening? Oh, we're uh, we're ready to rock and roll. I'm I'm excited to hear these. Uh, Joe Lowther, man, I'll tell you right now. If you need some uh, some parlays and stuff like that, this is the guy to get a hold of. He has been hot for the last month. This guy is just kind of sounds like Aaron Rodgers to me. Being hot for the, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just sitting here with my football team at nine and three, tied for the most wins in the NFL. Christian, you obviously wouldn't know what that feels like. Anyways, jumping into our picks, uh, Thursday night, we have a pretty interesting matchup down in the Big Easy. Uh, Dallas, Dallas must win this game. I mean, I don't think there's two ways around it. Dallas has to win this football game. Um, New Orleans has struggled. I mean, I Jameis, no Jameis. I like the Cowboys, honestly, pretty easy on Thursday night. Um, and now it sounds like Taysom Hill's taken over in New Orleans. I think it's going to be a different team. And it sounds like Kamara is going to be back for this game, uh, which makes Joe Lowther very excited because uh, he's in our fantasy league and he's got Kamara. Um, I'm actually going with New Orleans, Josh. I see Ooh, I fancy Dallas. boy. Um, I'm going New Orleans on this one. I think Dallas is really struggling to find themselves on the offensive side of the ball. We're in New Orleans. Anything can happen in New Orleans. So I'm riding with the Saints. Joe, what do you got? I'm with you, Christian. I'm with the Saints on this one. I think I have a theory that 
a well-coached team in the NFL, after they get embarrassed, they come out strong the next week if they're well-coached. And I think the Saints will do just that. I mean, I thought you were going to make a Mike McCarthy joke is honestly what I was hoping for. Uh, Anyways, hey, we will, you know, yeah, we we won't beat a lame horse. Um, Bucks and Falcons, uh, this one, uh, I think this spread might be uh, way too small. Uh, Give me Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm taking the Bucks on this one. I don't think there's any chance Atlanta is able to win this football game. I think – TB and the TB. It's I know uh, I know it's in Atlanta, but I'm I'm going with uh, Tom and Gronk and the boys. Yep, Bucks. I don't see the Bucks losing anytime soon as long as Gronk is healthy. Well, and Christian, we, we talked about that earlier. I mean, the Bucks schedule the rest of the way out. I mean, is pretty favorable for them. Uh, Cardinals and the. Uh, Hey, coming off a win, looking to put together a win streak here, um, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, looking like Kyler and D Hop uh, both back, uh, the pair the Bears passing defense is atrocious, um, and, and I, I just I don't this when you play the Cardinals unless your defense is really solid, which the Bears defense has not been solid. Uh, you have to outscore them, and there is no team in the NFL who the Bears' offense is outscoring, save the Detroit Lions. Give me the Cardinals easily on the lakefront. Joe, I'm going to let you go next. Go ahead, Joe. Well, this is Cardinals all the way because, like Josh said, you guys score points, and the Bears can't seem to get the ball past the 50-yard line, so – Before we let Christian pick, I want to take over or under before we hear Justin Fields is Bears over under before we say, oh, coming off a win. I mean, this man is he's delusional. He is. But sometimes you just got to let him go. But I mean, the Red Rocket or we might get it. These are the Red Rocket Chicago Bears. I mean, I don't know which Chicago Bears we're going to get. Um, but go ahead, Christian, you know, race us with your delusion. Hey, I, just to point out, I wouldn't mind if the bears won this game. I, correct. I mean, I'm rooting for the bears on Sunday. They're not going to win, but I'm rooting for the bears on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, oh, Josh. The odd times where I am going to root for the bears. Correct. I had told you that it was time for me to sit back and, and start to be more realistic about my season and realize that there's really no chance the Bears are going to make the playoffs. And there's really no reason for me to continue to take the Bears every week. But I'm taking the Bears because we're not giving up hope. We're riding with Jay Fields. We're hopefully going to get some of these defensive guys healthy. So maybe we can stop the Cardinals from scoring 48 points. So. I'm rolling with the Bears at home. I hope if they're losing by a bunch, we hear some more fire naggy chants. That will be a win in my book. But I'm rolling with the Bears. These are Justin Fields' Bears. Bear down in Chi-Town, baby. 35 seconds was the over-under, folks. 
Christian, just maybe we can get a good old-fashioned Bears aren't who we thought they were. Oh, man, that would be a beautiful thing. Hey, you know what we needed with Christian right there? You know on that TikTok where they have the uh, – the that song from the Titanic, my heart would go on, where they have like the big dramatic drum, doom, 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 doom. Yo, yeah, yeah. there's no <laughs> like we needed that with Christian right there. Like, oh, I'm gonna sit back, you know, I'm gonna take it easy, but no, I, oh my goodness gracious. All hey, right, well, hey, I'm- we'll just make sure that Crystal is there. You know, well, I wouldn't say about the Colts because they'll just blow another 17-point lead. Anyways, moving on, uh, the Chargers go, Chargers go, heading over a t- 10 o'clock body kick game. Um, I think Cincinnati is playing some very, very good football right now. Give me Joe Burrow's Bengals. You know, Josh, I'm I'm with you on the Bengals here, but unfortunately I'm not going to refer to them as Joe Burrow's Bengals. There are different Joe's Bengals. These are Joe Mixon's Bengals. He's on the fantasy squad, and we need him to run for a billion every single week. Give me the Bengals. Yep, I like the Bengals here, too. I think um, the Bengals went through a little rough spot there, and I think the last couple of weeks they've found themselves again, and they're hot. I think they, they win and cover. Christian, I, I'm going to need you to go first on this one. Um, because what time is it, Christian? Nobody cares about the Minnesota Vikings, except for this week, Josh. Zero percent chance the Vikings lose to Detroit. Detroit is awful. I don't care if they have Dalvin Cook or Cook Dalvin or Dalvin. It doesn't matter. They could have anyone running the football, and it would be just fine in this football game. Give me Minnesota. Joe, go, go ahead. Yep. As much as I would like to see the Vikings lose, it's got to be Minnesota here. I think Kirk Cousins could go out there and throw left-handed and probably still beat him. Okay. So here's Skull. Skull. <laughs> okay. So listen. First of all, what I want to say is it must be pretty pathetic for a franchise to have their Super Bowl happen in the regular season. Because that's what playing the Packers is to the Minnesota Vikings. Because when you don't know what it's actually like to play and compete for Super Bowls, you have to rely on regular season games for that. Because you would not, like, you, you, what is going on, Minnesota? You let Jimmy Garoppolo throw for 230 yards. They had over 130 yards. Elijah Mitchell made your defense look like the frauds that they are. 133 yards on the ground, giving up 20 points in a quarter. What is your problem, you purple pant-wearing trash cans? Like, I, and again, I understand they're playing Detroit, so they're going to win this week, right? But you know what? Minnesota is the exact type of team that I just think Detroit's going to give some problems to. They're going to give them some problems. Minnesota's going to come away with the win. However, 
no one cares about the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and, and speaking of no one caring, our next game is the Giants and the oh. Dolphins. Like, uh, I, th- this, Christian, let's say it together. Yeah. One, two, three. Ship, Ship it, it to, to London. London. I mean, to London. what a horrible football game. Let them watch it over there because we don't want to watch it. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm taking the Dolphins. I think the Giants are just an absolute train wreck right now. Um, interesting rumor mills flying around this week about possible trades and different things that they could become Russell Wilson's Giants has been, you know, a little bit of the talk of the town this week. Doesn't matter, Dolphins, easily. Uh, Yeah, and uh, it sounds like this week they're going to be Mike Glennon's Giants. And uh, with that that being said, we're going Miami. Because when you're not even good enough to quarterback the Chicago Bears. Exactly. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yep, yep, Miami all the way for sure. I have also heard they could become Russell Wilson's Saints this week. And I th- see, I think that would be a much better fit for both teams involved. Because here's the thing: so if Russ goes to the Giants, it's just going to be more of the same. Him not having an offensive line to protect him. I, so I that doesn't benefit anyone. Uh, Philly and uh, the Jets. Um, again, I, I will never pick the New York Jets. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, Josh, I'm going to have to uh, fly. fly. Eagles fly. fly on the road to victory. Yeah, give me the Eagles. <laughs> Man, this is tough because the Eagles are that team for me. Everyone has that team that if you bet for them, they lose. If you bet against them, they win. And the Eagles is that team for me. But I can't pick the Jets, so I'm going Eagles. I mean, the Jets The Jets are just bad. I mean, you almost feel bad for them, but you don't. Uh, Indy and Houston, uh, the only question that I have in this game is how big of lead will the Colts have to have for their fans to feel like it is a safe lead? That I, that's honestly my only question. I mean, because I'm gonna go with 30. I you look at I mean the the Indianapolis Colts have more blown more second half leads than any team in football. The Indianapolis Colts should easily be nine and three right now. Could easily be nine and three right now, but they're okay. six and six. But the Houston Texans are so bad that they are a dumpster fire fueled by kerosene. Give me the Colts. Um, I've also dabbled at the idea of it becoming Russell Wilson's Colts. I know they signed Carson Wentz, and but I think Russell Wilson in Indianapolis would be like a match made in heaven. I think that – Can you imagine that, that would, backfield, yeah, Jonathan that would, Taylor and Russell Wilson? Yeah, that would be – That oh. would be um, – this is my upset pick of the week. I'm going with Houston. I think you are that, not. You are yeah, not. I'm rolling with the. No. I'm, I'm rolling with the Texans here. Uh, I I think this is one of those games that Indianapolis is like, okay, we got this in the bag. They're not worried about it. It's on the road. They're going to Houston. Uh, 
I'm Tyrod Taylor's Texans, and I'm that's my upset. <laughs> Somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. Well, well, yeah, Christian, that's not gonna pan out well for you. I'm going with the Colts. I don't know if you realize or not, but the Colts beat the Texans 31 to 3 earlier this year. And I think the Colts just jump out to a big lead as they did in to Tampa Bay last week. And I think they just they learned their lesson last week. They jump out to a big lead and they keep handing it off to Taylor. Yeah, that was the one thing and again we talked about that. As early. opposed to last week, I don't know why. They got up 14, 17 points and they started throwing the ball. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's because of a man standing on the other sideline that they're like, we need to continue to put up more and more points. And then you try to force things and Tom Brady. No, but if you run the ball. He stays on the sideline. Exactly. That's exactly right. On the ball, chew the clock. I don't care if it's the beginning of the third quarter. Yep, exactly. Start chewing the clock. You got the good, you got the guys that can do it. Yep. No doubt. We have the football team and the Raiders. Thank you. Um give me the Raiders. You know what, Josh? I'm rolling with the football team. They're hot. Taylor Heineke, I'm I'm telling you, like, I used to be, like, a huge Russell Wilson fan. Like, if I had another quarterback outside of my team that I would root for, it was Russell Wilson. Taylor Heineke is slowly starting to become that, a likable guy to watch on Sundays. He, he just controls the football. He's energetic. He gets into the game. He's just a lot of fun to watch. I do love – Ron Rivera is always going to have a special place in my heart. I think he's a great coach. I think they go to Vegas. I think they get a win. Give me the team to be left nameless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm rolling with you on this one, Christian. I like Washington. They're hot. They got a good run game. Benicky's going. Defense coming around. I like them. And wait, Joe, you have to tell me more about this one wide receiver that you gave me the nickname, and I've used it on our podcast multiple times. Oh, for Washington? Yeah, what's his name, my guy? Scary Terry? That's right, Scary Terry, man. He, he is... He's just fun to watch, too. I mean, at the end of the day, I nothing else matters other than he's just fun to watch run, unless he's running all over your team. Uh, Jacksonville and the Rams. Okay, so with all this parody that's going on in football, this feels like a trap game to me. I know, like, there's no way that Jacksonville beats the Rams. However, with this year in football, couldn't you see this being, like, that late Sunday afternoon game that's way too close coming down that Scott Hansen is losing his mind about on red zone? Because that's what I could see happening here. Because to be perfectly honest about it, the Packers win on Sunday could easily have been a 28-35 point win because they left 14-plus points on the field. Um, I think this is going to be way closer than the 13-point spread. However, I'm going to take the Rams, not necessarily to cover, but to win. Yeah, I'm – it's just crazy to me for a team that just is completely selling out to win the Super Bowl this year. That they can't win? There's not a more disappointing team in football right now as we sit here than the L.A. Rams. 
I feel Stafford is, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You can take Stafford out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of Stafford. There's a reason why he he turns the ball over. He tries to – he reminds me so much of Jay Cutler, it makes me sick to my stomach because he just tries to fit the ball into these tight windows and he tries to be a gunslinger and he's just – and the thing is, he's got the weapons. He's got the weapons, and they just have not put it together yet. Be aware that they, when they do, they are no doubt a force to be reckoned with in the NFC playoffs. But I, it's not clicking yet. I'm picking the Rams because Jacksonville's awful, and Trevor Lawrence's Subway commercial is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Give me the Rams. Yep. I'm on the Rams here, and I disagree with Josh. I don't think this is going to be close. I think the Rams learned their lesson earlier this year when they overlooked the Lions. I believe we were in Vegas for that game, Christian. Yeah. They overlooked the Lions, and it came down to the last few minutes of the game, and I just don't think that's going to happen. I think McVay will have them ready, especially after they kind of got embarrassed up in Green Bay, and I think – Rams will be ready to go. I think they think they win and cover. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore coming in as four and a half point favorites. I, I, Christian, you you said that the Rams are a disappointment. I, I, you got to throw the Steelers on that too. I mean, that offense is just completely inept. Uh, give me Baltimore. And yeah. probably, and I don't know what the under is in this game, but if it's any higher than like 21, uh, take the under. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, this is the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. I just, I'm convinced this is it for him. He just doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like he's enjoying playing football anymore. He's always been held together by Gorilla Glue. Um, I, I'm going uh, – I'm going Baltimore here just on the fact that Lamar Jackson can run really fast and Ben Roethlisberger is a statue waiting to be absolutely demolished. So I'm going Baltimore. Yep. I'm going Ravens here. The Steelers just, if they, there's, they seem to be, if they can't get their run game going early and they they're relying on Big Ben throwing it 35, 40 times a game. It, it's just a recipe for disaster. So, Speaking of Ravens. Lamar Jackson, uh, big shout out to Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans tonight defeating Louisville. L's down forever. Um, <laughs> moving on, 49ers in Seattle. Uh, I, the 49ers have been impressive. I mean, as much as I want to put it on – uh, just the Vikings being terrible. Uh, the 49ers were impressive Sunday. I mean, there's no two ways around that. Um, Seattle is, man, that game Monday night was just putrid. I mean, it was absolutely horrible to watch. Uh, give me the Niners. Yeah, I'm on the Niners too. I, I, as much as I used to love saying that these are Russell Wilson's birds, they could be about anyone else's birds right now and it wouldn't matter. I mean, when, when DK Metcalf's only getting one reception for four yards and he, the offense is just stuck in the mud, it's just not good in Seattle. I don't, and it used to be like, ooh, Seattle's playing at home. You gotta, you know, 
the 12th man and got to watch out for Seattle. And now it's like, well, it doesn't matter if the crowd's loud, if your team stinks. And so I'm rolling with the Niners. Yep. 49ers here. I think the Seahawks, Russell Wilson's birds are just dead in the water. Their train has come off the tracks in Seattle. I think Carol's gone after this year and Wilson too. And the 49ers right now, frankly, I think they're one of the teams in the NFC where, nobody wants to see right now they're hot uh speaking of a team that no one wants to see uh the kansas city chiefs um i i would say they're probably the second best team in the afc right now um give me the chiefs easily at home over the broncos yeah i'm going chiefs too and i I feel like we're all like picking the same but how do you pick against kansas city right now playing at home 10 point i I mean you're, you're you're a 10 point favorite in this game. I just, I don't know. I honestly, 10 points is a lot because if Kansas city's offense isn't clicking, but again, they're coming off a bye. Everybody's starting to get a healthy for them. Offense defense. If their defense can be any sort of relevant in this game, Patrick Mahomes will carry you. You got Travis Kelsey, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire is rumored to be back this week full bore for them that's huge for their run game um so give me the chiefs yep chiefs keep her moving <laughs> I, I what an enticing game on monday night i mean can we just talk about how fantastic it is to have a great game on monday night to look forward to uh the team who i think is playing the best football in the afc against the team who everyone thought would be the best team in the afc um and Christian, you and I touched on this earlier. What a beautiful mess the AFC East has turned out to be. Um, and, and so with that, I this is, you know, we talked about how, you know, the Mac Jones, the Tampa Bay, you know, how we played well there. This is Mac Jones's time. If Mac Jones comes out and plays well against Buffalo, rookie of the year is over. If they come out and win, I, I mean, how do you say that New England's not the best team in the AFC? I don't know. I'm going with the New England Patriots. Oh, Josh, you know what I was just sitting here saying, thinking in my head? I'm picking whoever you're not, so give me the bills. <laughs> so I'm down in our, again, and I know I probably should be doing this more often against like but this is one of those games where I honestly, truly believe it could go either way. Um, New England's defense is playing well. Uh, Josh Allen's going to have to have a big game for Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's got to get their run game going. I feel like the key to Buffalo is they really just do not have a run game. Devin Singletary. I mean, really, Josh Allen's your best threat running the football. Correct. Uh, so, I, but I'm going Buffalo at home. I, I like them. I think that they're going to win. Uh only because you picked New England. I like that. I'm with Josh on this one. I'm going New England. I don't I think Buffalo, they struggle at times. Their defense is hit or miss. It's either on or off. And if they don't jump out to a lead, they struggle to play from behind and they're a little banged up. They lost Tredavious White. He's one of the best corners in the league. And I think Belichick will do what Belichick does and just 
pick on their every little weakness they have. And by the fourth quarter, he'll the, the Patriots will either be winning or they'll be right there to take the lead at the end. Moving to our locks of the week, uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. I think eight is way too small. I don't think the Bears' offense can score. Give me the Cardinals. Um, my uh, my lock of the week is Philadelphia minus six and a half. I don't think – I think they laid a stinker last week with the Giants. I think they come back. I think they bounce back against the Jets. I think they win by 10-plus. Give me the Eagles as the lock of the week. My lock of the week is Tampa on the road. 11 is a big spread, but I see Tampa winning this game by two touchdowns. All right, really quick, Josh. So before – I know Joe's on here. Um, Joe reached out to me, and he said – Christian, I got a bone to pick with Josh as a Packer fan. And I, I want Joe to have a moment here to say what he wants to say to you as a fellow Packer fan. Joe, oh, I love this. Let's go. Absolutely. All right, Josh, you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so it was last week. I was listening to you guys, and it was after Green Bay, unfortunately, lost to Minnesota. Defense kind of put up a stinker and didn't show up. You and Christian were arguing. You said that home field advantage simply does not matter in the Correct. Playoffs. Correct. I gotta, I gotta disagree with you, and I got, I got numbers, I got everything to back it up. I got personal experience and numbers. So. We're just talking championship games here. NFC championship since 1970. The home team is 33 and 18. AFC, even better, 36 and 15. Now, I understand where you're coming from. Some teams can win on the road. If you got good, a good Wiley veteran quarterback, you can get it done. But that's not in every stadium in the NFL, such as like, if you go to SoFi in Atlanta, that's not, thing, places like that, that's not a home field advantage. But if you're going up to Buff, Buffalo, Green Bay, Chicago, Kansas City, in late January, early February, trying to win, it makes it tough. Okay, so here's here's what I'm going to say, okay? So the first round of the playoffs, yeah, that's all fine and good, okay? And I'm speaking strictly here as the Green Bay Packers, okay? Strictly speaking as the Green Bay Packers, okay? So since 1995, okay, the Green Bay Packers have hosted three NFC Championship games at home. They're one and two. Their only win comes in 1996 against the Carolina Panthers. Since then, they've lost at home to the Giants and at home to the Bucks. So I'm okay. sitting well, here. The Giants, they're, I mean, they play in New York. Not to say, I know they play inside, but they play a lot of cold games. Correct. But here's. Year, so Tampa Bay, 
I find that funny that they're like, oh, Green Bay lost at home to Tampa Bay in front of, what, 7,000 people? I think, and Chris can speak for this too because he's been up there as well. I think if you put 80,000 people in that stadium that day, there's no way Tampa Bay beats them. See, I, with any other quarterback besides Tom Brady, I would say, okay, you might be right. But since the man took out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, he's played in 14 conference championship games. Like, it, there's no environment that that man hasn't played in. Yeah, and but so when I all of those conference championship games, he was the number one seed they played at home. It's They're... actually closer to 50 50 because six out of his first 13 were actually on the road. So 2001, 2004, 2006, 2013, 15, and 18 were all on the road. So here's, here's my thing. People, people want to sit here and be like, oh, well, home field advantage is so important. Okay, so I look at the teams who the Packers are going to be competing against in the playoffs this year. And re- like, if truth be told, okay, so I feel like the top three seeds in the NFC are pretty much already figured out. And I hate to break it yeah. to Packer fans. I hate to break it to Packer fans. Aaron Rodgers can't play in the state of Florida. He just can't play in the state of Florida. I don't know what it is about the state of Florida. He can't play there. So regardless, all right, if we have to go to Tampa Bay, that it doesn't matter. Like we're losing that football game. I don't care. If we go to Arizona, which is looking more likely, if we go to Arizona, we've already proven that we can win on the road there, minus our top three wide receivers. So the only situation that I think that it comes that home field might come into play is Tampa having to come up to Lambeau, which they've already proven. Like I don't crowd. I just, I don't think that it phases Tom Brady. I don't think it phases Tom Brady. And until someone can prove to me that they can consistently beat Tom Brady. I mean, since 2014, the dude is five and one in conference championship games. I'm I'm just really I've been a, I know this no everyone's like oh here comes the Bears fan talking about playoffs and and home field no, advantage, please. but um <laughs> I've I've I like Joe said I've been to Lambo with eighty thousand people, and I'm just gonna tell you right now I don't care who the quarterback is, and I think Joe really does make a good point, and this is one of the points I argued last week when that place is packed, and it's cold. The Packers ain't cold. I'm telling you that right now. When Green Bay's playing at home in the playoffs, it could be snowing. It could be negative 32 degrees. Joe was at one of the coldest playoff games in NFL history, if I'm not wrong. Is that correct, Joe? Yeah, that's not good for my argument, though. They lost to San Francisco. Yeah, but I understand that. But I'm just saying (laughs) that when Green Bay's playing at home, it's just it's different. And last year was different with the lack of fans. I think that home field in the playoffs for Green Bay, I think they they got a huge win last week against the Rams. Um, I think now you could almost get I, – I just see the Rams going back to Lambeau in the first round of the playoffs. I see that happening right now. Um, see, I think, 
I think Josh is right. It may not matter to Tom Brady, but I think it certainly matters to every other team. But here's the thing. I mean, our first playoff game and more than likely our first two playoff games are going to be at home. Like that's just a fait complete. Like it doesn't, I mean, unless something just absolutely catastrophic happens down the stretch, the Packers are either going yeah. to be the one, two or three seat, which means your first round playoff game is going to be at home and possibly your second round playoff game is going to be at home. After that, when you reach the NFC championship game, I, I don't think the Packers beat the Bucks. period. I think there's something in Aaron Rodgers' head about this because how many teams beat Aaron Rodgers twice in a year? Not many. And then, you, and, you know, people can go, oh, the field goal they should have gone for. Okay. The fact of the matter was Rodgers looked horrible in both games against Tampa. It didn't matter if it was in Florida. Yeah. It didn't matter if it was in Lambeau. There's something there. I don't care where we play Tampa. I don't think that they beat us. Much like I don't care where we play Arizona. I think we beat Arizona. So I, I just, I don't, that. I don't know. I don't buy into this whole like, oh, well, home field is so important because it just, it hasn't played out for the Packers that way. It just, it just, recently it has it. And I understand you know, people want to believe in the mythic power of the cold weather. I just, I don't buy it. And maybe it's because I've been jaded. Because at first, you know, there was Michael Vick back in 2003 who came in and beat the Packers 27-7. And then, okay, you're like, oh, well, that's fine. Right. But then the very next year in 2004, those stupid purple pant eaters came into Lambeau and beat the Packers 31-17. And then you say, mm -hmm. hey, 2008, Packers are probably the best team in football that year. Oh, but here comes Eli Manning in the upstart New York Giants to beat us 23-20. And then let's fast forward, shall we, to 2012. Oh, who comes in then? Oh, Eli Manning and the New York Giants again, which 2012, uh, Mike check, 15-1 regular season, and you lose in the divisional round of the playoffs. Then let's go 2013 wildcard playoffs, January 5th against the 49ers, lose 23-20. to 20. Like, I'm sorry, if you want to sit here and you want to claim that your home field advantage is so great, you don't have that much history of sitting here, recent history, with your home field not being that great. And I know, like, Packer fans would be like, dude, how can you say that? I, right, here's how I say it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> By the way, uh, Devontae Adams will be a hey, Chicago Bear well, next year. Put Hot it take. this way. Put it this way. <laughs> you said you don't see Packers beating Tampa either or Green Bay or Tampa. Correct. So would you rather have the Packers? Because, you know, most, most likely it's – if. It keeps going. Season keeps going the way it's going. It's going to be Green Bay, Tampa, NFC Championship again. Correct. Most likely. So, would you rather have to have them go to Tampa and have no chance and just get blown out, or would you rather have to have them come to Green Bay and maybe Green Bay keeps it close? Maybe they keep it, and maybe they got a shot in the fourth quarter to win it. 
Yeah, obviously you would rather play games at home. I'm not saying that I don't want the Packers. I, I obviously I'm not saying I don't want the Packers to play at home. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am yeah. saying is the mythic power of playing at home in the playoffs just doesn't really resonate with me because you look two years ago, you got a perfect example here. What the Titans ran a train over New England and Baltimore, both at home two years ago. And then they ran into the juggernaut that was the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, in recent memory, home field doesn't have that aura that it used to for me. Now, I will fully admit, it's probably because I'm very, very jaded from these losses that the Packers have had at home in recent memory. Because that 2011 Green Bay Packer team was probably one of the greatest Packer teams of all time. Yep. All time. And then you, so that, that's where I'm coming. I just, I don't see home field being this thing where like, oh, if you don't get home field, this is the end of the world. I don't buy it because honestly, with Aaron's little pinky toe, maybe playing in 75 and sunny might be a little better than negative 25. I don't, that, so that's where I'm coming from. I don't know. I've, I've seen firsthand, like Christian and I went to the, the game against Chicago when Rodgers got hurt in the first quarter, second quarter, whatever, and he came was back. That, was that when he came back and, you know, we spotted the Bears a 20-point lead and they still couldn't win? Is that the yes. one that you're referring Oh, yeah, yep. that's fun. That game. Ooh, fact, in the fourth quarter of that game, when the Bears got the ball back with, what, Christian, minute 20, minute 30, something like that. Yeah. All 80,000 people in that stadium knew – that the Bears were not getting that ball past the 50-yard line. And Green Bay actually stopped them twice. Christian can vouch for this. The stadium was literally – the ground was shaking. It was so loud in there. Yeah. Like, hey, that's that's like fine. That is when it's crucial to be at home. Okay, but who was the Bears quarterback then? Well, yeah, that's – I mean, okay, sure, we can say that. But it's Tom Brady. And if you're playing Tom Brady, it doesn't matter where you, Tom Brady, play him. You have to go out and beat him. It's that simple. You have to go out and you have to beat Tom Brady because he's proven he can beat you at home. He's proven he can beat you on the road. At the end of the day, I don't care where you play. I don't. And I know I'm I'm weird on that. I know I'm weird on that. I just don't really care. It makes sense. It's it is Brady, and you do got to beat him. But I just I just think, like you said, no chance in Tampa, and I think they got a legitimate chance in Green Bay. Yeah, I just think you guys are sleeping on those Bears sneaking into the playoffs. And just <laughs> You're not even getting in. <laughs> hey, like, I looked at the Bears' schedule, Christian. The Bears are about to lose four straight. Because um, hey, all I can say is I don't see how you can hate from our side of the club. You can't even get in. Uh, we're in the hunt, according to uh, S, uh, Sunday Night Football, in the hunt. Big Cat tweeted about it. It's true. We're in the hunt. Thank you. Okay, I'm about to mute the man. Uh, anyways, uh, that'll wrap it up here for week 13 of LR Weekly. Joe, thank you for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, always good to have another Packer fan on. Even though we might disagree on this, at least we can agree that, in fact, 12 does own a majority share of the Chicago Bears. That's right. He might be the 
the complete total owner by the end of the year. You know, I mean, by the time that it's done, hey, and let's be I really buy him out. He'd probably do a better job running the team than the McCaskies will. Aaron just Rodgers being honest just, about it. Hey, if he's not going to be a Packer next year, he might as well just retire and yeah, just be an owner. Just be an owner <laughs> and owner. absolutely. So then it won't be so surprising when Devontae Adams goes to Chicago, which hey, is not man. going to happen. I mean, because the Packers are good because nobody can throw him the ball. Correct. Hey, I'm still Aaron <laughs> Rodgers a Packer for life. Anyways, uh, it's been fantastic oh, talking with you guys. Uh, and we will catch you all next week from LR Weekly. Enjoy the football. All right.